And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. Good morning. I'm Gary McNamara. Eric is still out sick with his laryngitis. I know, I know, I know. It's been a long time. I'm lonely. <laughs> Uh, hopefully he gets well soon. Still had no voice yesterday. He texted me. I didn't talk to him. He just said, I have still have no voice. So, uh, man, I just hope he gets better soon. So much to uh, talk about. By the way, download our Red Eye Radio app today. If you can't listen live overnight, you can listen when and where you want. Uh, all right, so here we go. The arraignment is today. Uh, tomorrow at this time, we'll know. We'll know what the charges are, and we'll know we'll know whether they're legit or not. Uh, just to give you uh, an, an update on what we know, uh, Michael Isakoff from Yahoo News uh, put out last night uh, that there are 34 felony charges. And there are 34 felony charges, and yes, they are business fraud that then relates, the sources said, to another crime in order to get the felony counts. You have to relate it to another crime. But the source did not say what that was, and one wonders why. Uh, we have stated if it's the if it's the campaign finance law, we don't see how this. I don't, I, I guess it could proceed. I don't know how it does. Uh, I've in the back of my mind, I've always thought they've got something else they're going to throw in this. Whether it sticks or not, there's just got to be something else because the narrative on this, everybody knows the narrative on this. When you break it down, there's there's nothing there. If that's what it is. And so uh, we know that the president will be arraigned today. We also know uh, that there will be uh, no handcuffs and there will be no mugshot. And there will be no cameras in the courtroom. The judge will allow some still photos to be taken before the proceeding begins and after it is over, but there will be no cameras allowed, even from the press, inside the uh, uh, courtroom while the arraignment is actually going on. Uh, sometime before uh, the indictment comes down, 
the lawyers will actually receive the indictment so they can go over it before the official court proceedings uh, happen. So what happens after that? Well, on Fox News yesterday, uh, uh, Dave Schoen, who was uh, one of Trump's impeachment lawyers, was on and talked about the process of what will go on after that and whether they will challenge anything here. And if they challenge something, what will they challenge in order to get uh, the charges dismissed? Let me start with you. You heard the optimism from the Trump camp. Uh, what are the chances something is, is quickly dismissed? And if not, what, what does the process look like? Well, I think the, the chances, uh, I, I can't really predict, but I think that there are at least three motions that ought to be filed immediately after the arraignment. First of all, as to the process, you know, I've been through this with this judge on uh, a high-profile yeah. case. They're going to process uh, President Trump um, like they normally do, uh, take certain pedigree information and so on. And then he'll go to Judge Merchan's courtroom. Judge Merchan usually allows a still photographer to take one picture while he's sitting at the defendant's table, and he will move through it pretty quickly. Question is whether at the arraignment they'll also set a motion schedule. Um, that's kind of up in the air, I think. Um, but they're going to uns- uns- unseal the indictment before the arraignment, so at least the lawyers can look at it then. I don't think there was any reason to seal it until now, but that's what they've chosen to do. But anyway, I think there are three motions they should file immediately after the arraignment. One is a motion to dismiss on statute of limitations ground. Very interesting arguments there. Uh, One would be a motion to dismiss and disqualify uh, District Attorney Bragg, I think, based on his campaign statements, specifically targeting President Trump and promising to convict him when he wasn't even under investigation. And third, I would personally move to recuse the judge. I think that there's uh, monkey business going on with the judge judge shopping process, and I have an historic uh, basis for making that claim. Uh, But we'll see. I don't think it's coincidental that he was a judge on the Trump Organization case and the Bannon case and now this case. And they, in the past, have acknowledged the practice of judge shopping. So uh, that's one comment. I want to get to Alan Dershowitz here. This is Alan Dershowitz on uh, with Sean Hannity last night on Fox News talking about whether there will be a gag order. And is a, you know, a gag order, is that right? Aren't you taking away the constitutional right of the defendant? Tragically, judges have done that. They've done it recently. Uh, I was glad to see Joe uh, be optimistic that they're not going to do it in this case. But if they did do it in this case, I would immediately put together of some of the great First Amendment lawyers in America as amicus, because we would be the victims. There are two First Amendment rights, the right of the speaker, but the right of the listener, according to Justice Thurgood Marshall, is just as important. But I hope that won't happen, because that would really mean a, 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 a body blow to the First Amendment. And today you couldn't even count on the American Civil Liberties Union to defend the First Amendment on behalf of Donald Trump, because they would lose all of their funding. You know, the only disagreement I have with Joe's a great lawyer, I think he's too much of an optimist. I cannot imagine an elected judge in the borough of Manhattan throwing out this case and having to go to his family and say, I'm the lawyer who freed Donald Trump or his friends or his business associates. All he has to do is remember what happened to me when I defended, just defended Donald Trump on the Senate lost all of my friends, clients, business associates, and no judge is going to want to be, quote, Dershowitz. So but, you're but, not going to have an opportunity to get a fair assessment of statute of limitations, 
change of venue. This is a fixed case if it's tried in Manhattan. And in my book, uh, Professor, hold on a second. You're a Harvard professor and you're basically saying the rule of law does not exist here. You are basically saying, go ahead. It does not exist for Donald Trump. In my book, Get Trump, I prove that the rule of law has an exemption. There is the rule for everybody else, and there's the rule for Donald Trump, his lawyers, his associates, his family. This from a man who voted against Trump and intends to vote him against him again. Donald Trump wrote to me today as he was getting on the plane. He said, Alan, getting ready to leave for New York, can't really believe it. These maniacs want to destroy our country. So sad. Nothing on Hunter or Biden. Anyway, your words are very important. Save America. P.S. Congrats on the book. Doing very, very well. The thesis of the book is the rule of law does not apply to Donald Trump in the borough of Manhattan. There There you go. Wow. I mean, strong, very strong words. And you can look at somebody like Dershowitz saying it. It's not a partisan of Trump. You can't say, well, that's a mega opinion from Dershowitz. And the, I mean, the passion uh, that he has, and it's really interesting that in all of this that has been going on, everything, the insanity of liberalism that we have seen uh, over the last couple of years, who have been Two of the most important voices, Dershowitz, an avowed liberal, Jonathan Turley, an avowed Democrat liberal. Two of the clearest voices on it because they're old school liberals who used to believe in freedom of speech, used to believe uh, in uh, in the in uh, uh, you know due process uh, under the law. Don't want politics involved in actual in in the law and what every everything that they you know the interesting thing is this is really interesting everything for example the Dershowitz probably feared in the 60s and the 70s and and maybe the 80s everything he feared was what he probably would tell you was the abuse that was going to come from the right and the autocratic side of the right. And now here he is 40 years later, and it's the complete opposite. It is his party. It is his lifelong philosophy of a liberal that he views as being completely and totally perverted. And the thing is, if Dershowitz knows it, if Jonathan Turley knows it, neither Trump supporters, neither Republican, if they know it, other Democrats know it, they're just afraid to go against the tide. You know, we talked about the poll the other day that came out that said roughly, was it 60% or more of Americans are afraid to have any discussions on race, politics, gender, uh, you know, uh, gender issues. And the reason is simple. People believe that if you even dare 
give your opinion on it, your life may be destroyed. Your job may be destroyed. Your earning potential may be uh, you know, destroyed. You will lose everything that you have built up. You know, we saw it in the liberal transgender activist movement with the Ivy League women who basically were threatened. They were afraid to come forward. Think about this. They were afraid to come forward and say, it's not right that a biological man competes against us. And they were afraid to talk because they thought they would lose everything that they had worked for. Their lives would be destroyed by people who only want one narrative, one opinion, one one law applying only one way and not equally under the law. And they're afraid that they'll get rolled over by it. That's what we're dealing with right now. And Dershowitz sees it and Turley sees it across the board on Twitter. The censorship, you know, what the, you know, it's really funny to watch. I watched part of the, we had talked about it yesterday. I watched part of the video of Gavin Newsom saying, you know, talking about his tour he's going to take to point out the autocrats in Texas and Florida. Seriously? That's the most interesting part. The Democrats are accusing the Republicans of what they are actually doing. And for the most part, they got away with it. We talked about this early on with Antifa. Eric and I, when Antifa first formed, we were calling them Antifa because it's supposed to be anti-fascism. They're the fascists. Anti-racism today is racism. Everything is posterior backwards. The Democrats and the liberals have successfully, well, not totally successfully, but they have moved it very forward, changing the definition of terms 180 degrees the opposite of what they actually are. And they believe they have had some great success out of it, and they believe that it can continue, which is why Republicans need to be strong. You need to fight this. There's no choice. I got it last week. A couple of people, one guy called me and said, well, they're coming after you. They may come after you. Yeah, right. What is, I don't even know what that, that means. I've been doing this now for 34 years. You know, we don't, you know, one thing we don't do on the show, and we, Eric and I have talked about this, we, we figured out how to say things correctly. We never go over the top to say something so stupid where people go, okay, you lack credibility there. And we define everything. For example, that's why we say the liberal transgender activist movement. The liberal is the key. We know all transgenders don't think the same. That's why we say the liberal black leadership in this country because it is the ideology, not the skin color, that is of our concern. And the other thing is, as I told the <laughs> the gentleman who called me last week, we've always done this. We've not, I don't know any other way. I don't, and neither does Eric. 
and we've always been this way in talk radio. We've always whether whether Republicans, if Republicans don't want to hear it, you know we've taken the flack on it. But you know something, we ended up being right every time because we don't take a false position because we wish to follow a narrative, and that's what you need to do, and the right needs to do it. The right needs to do it. They can't be jumping the shark. You know, Marjorie Taylor Greene, you know, the whole thing was 60 Minutes. I really don't care about it. She does, As far as I'm concerned, she hurts the Republican Party. I may agree with her on a lot, but she hurts the Republican Party because she wants drama. So does, so does Boebert. Gates has gotten a lot better. But, you know, I don't need it. I want people that are serious. representing my views and when you sit there and and anybody ever has to apologize somebody asked me the other day have you ever had to apologize for anything you've ever said on the air never and i never will i don't say anything that i need to apologize for and you know a lot of talk show hosts have even popular ones have had to get on and actually apologize for something well don't get caught up in the emotion don't get caught up in the emotion of being stupid just Tell the truth and you win. 866-90-RED-EYE. An exclamation point on March and the active weather that has punctuated parts of the country the first three months of 2023. On March 31st alone, preliminary reports indicating as many as 104 tornadoes striking 10 states, five in the Midwest, five in the Mid-South. With USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey noting the activity stretched from Wisconsin to Georgia, some of those tornadoes carried on into April 1st. He adds final storm numbers for March may shrink as tracks could be patched together. Media reports indicating that there were over two dozen fatalities related to the outbreak, but some of them may have not been related to the tornadoes. Rippy adds a heads up for Tuesday as a carbon copy of this past weekend's active weather is forecasted for that day, with tornadoes among the conditions hitting the same geographical areas impacted just days ago. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. This report is made possible by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Diesel and Sitco Lubricants. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CPREDEYE, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. 
What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. It's Friday Radio. I'm Gary McNamara. Eric uh, is out with laryngitis. We want him back soon. Hopefully he will be back soon. Uh, so yesterday, uh, Trump got a new lawyer. Uh, he's not, not that they fired a lawyer. They just added a lawyer. Uh, his, new, his new lawyer successfully got a criminal case against Manafort. Uh, dismissed in the same courthouse where Trump will face charges. Todd Blanche will be joining Trump's criminal defense team, which includes uh, Brooklyn attorney uh, Joe Tacopina, which we'll hear from uh, following the bottom of the hour. Tacopina told Fox News Digital, there is no lead attorney. Uh, We are one team, uh, one family with a uh, uh, mission. So uh, that's interesting that they added him just yesterday. It's going to be fascinating to see what happens. I mean, I, I can't wait to see what the actual charges are to actually go through it. If the charges are what we expect, that they what what we've been told they probably will be, I want to make sure we're clear on that. I just don't see where this case goes. You know, I just, you know, they say it's tough to get the as uh, it was, uh, Saul Weisenberg said, a lot of times you just can't get a you just can't get a case dismissed because of law. Like what? You can't. <laughs> because of what does that mean? Well, he's making that up. It's really not law. Oh, sorry, you can't dismiss it. Why? Well, I wasn't sure. He didn't explain that, but we'll have more coming up, and we'll hear from one of Trump's uh, lead attorneys. Coming up next. You're listening to Red Eye Radio. From the Uniden America Studios. And I'm Gary McNamara. Hopefully Eric's back soon still with that laryngitis. All right, so uh, here we go. Uh, The arraignment will be uh, today. One of Trump's lead attorneys, uh, Joe Tacopina, who was on Fox News and was asked if anything uh, extraordinary will happen today, does he believe? What's extraordinary is that tomorrow is actually happening. Um, that's what's extraordinary. I, I, I just cannot believe. Beyond that point, I agree. I feel like we're on the eve of destruction. Like, I, yeah, you know, it's just like surreal to me. Based on this charge, these allegations, this is a federal election committee and a federal election law 
rule that governs here. Here's a state prosecutor when federal, the FEC has turned this down. The, the federal prosecutors have turned this down. Anyone who looked at it has turned it down and said there is no violation. Here, a state prosecutor is now going to bring a case based on a federal law violation that doesn't exist according to the federal authorities. Um, it's, it's surreal. It's shocking. But, you know, look, uh, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow other than that we'll be pleading very loudly not guilty before the judge. Um, and then we'll go from there. And uh, when the report came out last night, Michael Isakoff of uh, Yahoo News that uh, stated that there will be 34 felony indictments. The other day when the, the leak came out that said there will be at least one felony indictment and then uh, multiple, maybe 30 other charges, I went, well, wait a minute. Uh, wouldn't they all be I, – I asked this question. I said, well, one felony charge and then the rest are misdemeanors? That doesn't make any sense. If if you're looking, if the if the 34 counts are based on the number of checks that Trump wrote, then you would get 34 felony charges, would you not? And that's what came out tonight: is that it will be 34 felony charges. Uh, and the thing that that still gets to me out of the latest leak is that not not the the fact that uh, uh, there won't be uh, uh, any handcuffs or a mug shot. What got to me was they stated that it will be 34, this is the latest leak, 34 felony counts of business fraud, which means they're trying to attach it to the federal crime to make the state crime of a uh, of, of felony, but they didn't know what the crime they were going to attach it to. Now, was that leak done because it is the federal elections crime, or is there another crime that they're looking at? And Eric and I, well, wait a minute, I'll say I, because Eric hasn't been here for such a long time. <laughs> but I'm sure Eric would agree with me. And maybe we did talk about it when he was when he was uh, here, because we've always had trouble. Yeah, because he was, because I remember it was like, mm, might have been two Mondays ago. Yeah, it was two Mondays ago. I was like, I don't get it. I don't get it. This doesn't make any sense. I'm missing something, and I still believe I'm missing something. And still in the back of my head, and I hate doing this because, uh, you know, I, I could be wrong, but there's just something inside me that tells me that they're they're going to try something else, that there's something else they're going to try because they know in the arena of public opinion and in legal opinion this this uh, narrative that they're going to tie it to a federal election campaign law has just been eviscerated. And so they're going to try, try to tag it to something else if they weren't always going to do that. And I don't know what it would be. You know, we talked to intended to fraud, and that's a big... And, you know, Bill Barr bought, uh, brought that up the other day over the weekend. He said, you're going to hear intent to defraud. Where is the intent to defraud? And he was blunt. In New York law, you have to have an intent to defraud. Well, you don't with the federal elections campaign thing. The only way you have intent to defraud would be insurance fraud, uh, federal tax fraud, state tax fraud. Hmm. Well, how do you get to state tax fraud? Okay, so you pay off the money and then you try to write that off as a deduction? Well, Trump doesn't do his own taxes, so would that be attached to Trump? Or would that be attached to his attorney that had done some of his taxes and got hit for that? 
Remember his other his attorney that got hit that said Trump didn't know anything about it. So that's my entire thing. What are they? What could they possibly? And and some in in my mind just can't go away that they just can't bring this. There's got to be something else, even if it's as made up as the federal elections campaign tie-in. There's just got to be something else. And so, because I don't just know where it goes. I mean, public opinion itself, your legal opinion, nobody's going to buy it. If this, if it, this is what they're trying to to tie it to, thirty four felony counts, life in prison for Trump. <laughs> you, know, where, you know, where do you go? Uh, the other thing I thought this was interesting. Uh, uh, Greg Kishenian, uh, was, uh, he's a Reagan, uh, administration, Reagan administration pollster was on with Tucker last night and they talked about, does the bump in the Trump polling have anything to do, uh, with, um, you know, what, what's going on right now? There is indeed, there's a nexus between, uh, Americans that are bullied by the government and, uh, increase in popularity. We saw that quite clearly. Uh, quite, you know, quite succinctly with the Clinton case. You know, Clinton yeah. was really on the rocks for a good chunk of that presidency. And then uh, when the Republicans started to gang up on him, it actually worked to his benefit in the end. Uh, likewise, when Joe McCarthy back in the 50s started beating up on other Americans, Democrats started to surge. So we're seeing this as an exemplar of that general theory. Americans don't mind bullies but they do not like to be bullied. Therein lies the difference. And Trump is now the beneficiary of that. The key thing here is that uh, PR for Trump is like oxygen to a fire. So they may, have, they may have given him the kiss of life. And we're seeing this in polling numbers conducted by my dear colleagues, Robert Cahaley and Matt Towery, where there's been a de facto and de jure surge in Republican respondents who now sympathize with Trump in wake of this indictment. 50% feel more strongly attracted to Trump and sympathetic to him than they did before. And what's even more striking, and I looked at those numbers as one of Reagan's former pollsters, Tucker, they're bona fide. The ends, the numbers of respondents are high. It's a legitimate, those are two legitimate polls. Frankly, what stunned me the most about it were Republican women who are rallying around Trump as we speak. So uh, the Democrats better uh, be careful. They, they may get something if they really want it bad enough. And I fear for them that uh, there could be some sort of backlash in the making here. You know, you think about it because this goes all the way through. I mean, this we're dealing with this now, and we think the trial was going to be, you know, in July, whatever. Uh, I would like that was a question. I didn't see it because I'm at the end of the interview here, the clip that I have. I just wanted the question was asked, will this help him in the will this help him in the uh, 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 the primary? Will it help him in the general? Is this pulling over independence? Because he said Republican women, one thing, he still needs independence in order to win in the general election. Will he get that or have they is the combination, as we've always said, Never underestimate, as Obama said, never underestimate the ability of Joe Biden to F things up. 
You know, you see what's going on here. And I don't know. I mean, because we don't know about any of the other, you know, things brought against him. I still don't. uh, Again, on the January 6th, I have no idea where they're going on that. I think the only thing that they have him that they probably have a better chance of where they may have, you know, well, they do have a crime because they got a crime with everyone. They got a crime with Mike Pence. They got a crime with uh, Biden. They got a crime with uh, with uh, with uh, uh, Trump. Technically, all of them had top secret material. Now, who do they go after? You know, it's interesting because we hear, well, I mean, they have they have the most on Trump. And if Trump tried to obstruct justice and then it comes out with James Comer, well, wait a minute. One of these top secret things we believe, one of these things that Hunter Biden gave to the Chinese, we believe was part of the may, may have been part of the classified documents that Biden had. Well, if that's the case, you got to go after Biden. If you're going to go after Trump. So I don't see it in the I I don't see where they have a strong case. It may be stronger than this case, but that's like saying, I don't know, uh, uh, I'm trying to find two bad teams and say, you know, one is better than the other and they're both bad. Uh, you know, this this from what we know seems to be a terrible case unless there's something else. And so I haven't seen anything in the Georgia case uh that is extremely strong, nothing in January 6th, just nothing's never had been anything there. And so, uh, you know, where does the, the, uh, classified document case go? But interesting, really interesting as to, uh, what's, uh, what's going on and what's going to happen. And we'll know, I mean, 12 hours from now, we'll be talking about it, that, these, you know, that there's something either there that he is a tie-in. Because the only thing I could think think is a tie-in is the fact of if if he comes out and says, if Bragg comes out and says, Trump deducted the payments to Stormy Daniels and McDougal as legit business expenses, which would have lowered his state taxes. At that point, if that was true. They would have them. Now, nobody, uh, there was one, uh, oh, man, one of the, one of the, uh, Sol Weisenberg, I can't remember who it was, because they were, was it, or was it Victor Davis Hanson who came up with that one? You know, that, that would be a probability. Maybe it was Victor who came up with that one. That was a, might be a, 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 a you know, that would be more legit, you know, but this, no. But yeah, if it was trying to avoid state taxes by taking it as a business deduction uh, and it's not a business deduction, then you could claim fraud at that particular point. That would have leaked. (laughs) But still, there's something in me that's going, there's got to be something else. Even if it's just a different charge that's just, well, that's not just as not as not credible as this charge, even if there's something else just to put you in a different direction. Because I just I can't fathom that everything that we have heard is exactly the case and they're going to try to go after Trump in this. But then again, maybe it doesn't matter. As long as he tries to do it, even if he fails... Well, that's on the jury. And if it succeeds, 
And as Dershowitz said, as Dershowitz believed, and that's really amazing for the liberal he is, because what he said is, this court is fixed. That's what he said. This court is fixed. And this case is basically fixed. Even if it's a case and it's overturned, you know, from the appellate, you know, they still believe they probably have their victory because that might be two, three years from now and the election's over. 86690 Red Eye. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. I'm Gary McNamara. Well, we also found out uh, yesterday uh, that the Biden administration lied about the uh, China balloon. We now know that it did collect sensitive information from sensitive sites. And really, there's a big question now. Do they even know what the Chinese actually got? Here uh, is, uh, 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 oh, I can't think of his name now, Radcliffe, um, uh, former national security director during the Trump administration. Well, the, the reporting that you just quoted today, Pete, was consistent with the briefing that, that we received. And it's why uniformly across the Trump administration, national security officials, we came out saying this was a catastrophic national security failure and blunder by the Biden administration that would have likely have grave uh, consequences to our national security posture. And, and the briefing confirmed that it, it essentially confirmed two things, Pete, that that what the Chinese did uh, two months ago with that spy craft was unprecedented, an unprecedented uh, violation of sovereign U.S. airspace like our country has never seen. And two, that it was deliberate, that it was a dedicated spy mission, as you said, to go over sensitive sites, uh, ICBM uh, at, at, at Maelstrom, uh, mm-hmm. the home of U.S. Strategic Command, uh, the home of the B-2 bomber, the Oak Ridge National Laboratories, the, the port of uh, South Carolina, which just just for comparison, uh, you know, in South Carolina, seven military bases there, and that port there would be the uh, would be the airlift and sea lift logistical uh, mission support and distribution center should China decide to move on Taiwan, our ability to support and defend Taiwan, that would be critical. Mm. So, you know, if that wasn't bad enough, Pete, um, since this happened, uh, two things have taken place. One, CIA director Bill Burns has come out and said China moved up their timetable to invade Taiwan. And just last week, President Xi came out and said China is preparing for war. There you go. Biden administration lying about the Chinese balloon incident. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market. Rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. 
Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.